Welcome to the podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman. Why is it we never seem to have the time to work on a new initiative, a new idea? Maybe you want to start writing that book or get more exercise or simply have more me time or to seriously explore new options. But yet we always seem to have the time for doing the daily chores. For me, at the heart of personal development, effectiveness, fulfillment, certainly is the question, how can we ensure that we act on what matters most and not be at the mercy of what matters least? Perhaps another way of looking at this, what is the antidote for putting things on the long finger? So that's what this week's episode is all about. I've called it the hour of empower um, and hopefully you will find it of benefit. I first came across the term hour of power at a Tony Robbins seminar many years ago in the States and uh, found it exceptionally beneficial. In recent times, I'm not a huge fan of the word power. It always reminds me of, you know, striving until you arrive and earning and discipline and all of those very harsh, um, traditional type of goal setting effectiveness terms. I much prefer the sense of empower, you know, to empower ourselves. That's why I call this an, an empowered hour of my or my hour of empower. I touched on it briefly in, in episode 27 of the podcast a few weeks ago when I was sharing my morning routine and I look at how I fuel myself for the day um, by starting the day, maybe the first half an hour, full hour um, in resourcing myself. Um, so if you haven't tuned into that one, I know people have found it of benefit. It's a little insight into my personal routines as well. Uh, so you just need to scroll back to episode 27 for that. What I find interesting when I'm doing a time management or organizational skills workshop with a group is that I often throw out the question, what is the most efficient day of the year? And I'll have some quizzical looks. And then I might share with them, well, it's usually for most people a Friday sometime over the summer. And then it will dawn on a few people, you know, the Friday, that last day before you go on two weeks annual leave. And uh, that day tends to be the most efficient because most of the other time on, on the other days, our to do list is like a should list. Whereas on that Friday, when we're finishing up for two weeks, those shoulds become musts and we're like a dynamo go through, going through the day, sorting out problems and issues and clearing things off our desks and dealing with priorities. Now, of course, it's not possible to operate for an entire year based on that dynamic focused energy. I think we would just burn out. But the, the, the thinking being that maybe if I could channel just an aspect of how efficient I am on that particular day and harness it into an hour on other days or perhaps every day of the week, uh, then I would be uh, enhancing my proactivity and productivity for sure. And I often say when I'm working with people in the area of time management and organizational skills, the ideal is to be aware of those natural peaks and troughs during the day, you know, when your energy levels are higher and maybe when they dip. For me, I'm fairly much a morning person, probably between 8 and 10 a.m. is my most effective or efficient time of the day. For other people, it's later in the day. And if we have the freedom to, to uh, work our own schedule, 
it makes sense to align the more difficult or complex tasks with those times of the day when maybe we're just naturally a little bit more energised or focused. In practical terms for most of us, organisational skills or time management really isn't about time in terms of clock management or punctuality. Time management is really about self-management. And for me, self-management is broken down into what we focus on, maybe around our desired results, and then, of course, energy management as well. Now, energy management is probably a topic I'm going to explore in more detail in another episode. So for today, the emphasis is on focus, desired results and priorities. It's interesting, the word priority comes from the Greek a priori, which means the most important. So maybe, strictly speaking, you can't pluralise the word because if something is the most important, there's only one of them. But in business speak, in the Western world, we use the term priorities. My uh, my definition of priority in terms of how I relate to the word myself is by using the word must. You know, what must I get done? I often think it's interesting when we even look at priorities through the lens of time management or punctuality. You know, how often would you miss a flight when you're going on holidays? Well, it's a priority to get onto the flight. We mustn't miss it. We'd be there a few hours in advance and maybe enjoy a drink at the airport. You know, or would you be late for a hospital appointment? Probably not. But yet we will put other issues on the long finger and be more casual about turning up and completing certain tasks. You know, we'd always have some events or uh, occurrences in our lives where we will always find the time for them. And instead of thinking of them as things that we'll do if we get a chance to do it, or if we're not too tired, um, we'll just show up and we'll get them done. And sometimes when we put things on the long finger, you know, there's no urgency to it. It might be important to us, but it's not urgent. And maybe there's no consequences of not following through. You know, so say even with that lens of time management and punctuality still down, you know, if you were to go to a job interview and that interview was at 11 o'clock, you know, odds are you'd be there well in advance because there's consequences of not showing up. Whereas if you were, say, to meet a friend casually at 7 p.m. in the evening time, you might be a little bit more fluid with time because you can always text them and say you're running a bit late or the traffic is bad. There's no real consequences of, uh, of not being there at the dot of 7 o'clock or at 5 to 7. And that brings us into the territory of being aware of the consequences of not taking action. And most of the time when we put things on the long finger, we're not maybe aware of the consequences. But sometimes when we, you know, we bury goals or bury dreams, they never really die. And maybe the hidden consequence is perhaps a little bit of self-betrayal where we let ourselves down or regret, which builds, builds up over time, of course. Another P word I want to focus on today that always reminds me of that um, quiz show of years ago, Blockbusters. Can I have another P, please, Bob? Um, but not just priorities today. Another word to focus on is uh, productivity. Again, during my time management workshops, we often start with an exercise where I divide people into, into smaller groups and we brainstorm the characteristics or the qualities of productive days versus unproductive days. And what's interesting is, irrespective of the, you know, the nature of the industry or the organization that I'm working in, the, the findings that people come up with are always very similar. At the end of productive days, we usually feel that we have a sense of achievement. You know, we've gotten something done. We've completed the task that we wanted to complete. 
we were able to cross something off a to-do list. Uh, so a sense of achievement, a sense of progress. Uh, on unproductive days, they're usually characterised by interruptions and unscheduled emergencies and distractions. Now, of course, they're the two extremes. I often think they're at two ends of a continuum. It's very difficult to be productive over an entire day, um, but perhaps it is possible to be productive for at least a segment of the day, or sometimes, as I use the phrase, you know, to win part of the day and not to be chasing your tail for the entire day. And for me, that brings into play another P word. So we've had priorities and productivity. Another P word is proactivity. And I think we all know what proactivity is. It's instigating things, you know, being ahead of the game, thinking ahead, maybe a slightly more medium term focus, prevention activities. Often with productivity, we're focused on the things that are most important to us as opposed to reactivity where we're chasing our tails or as a as an IT person said to me recently mixing their metaphors it's like firefighting on burning platforms anyone in IT will probably get a giggle from that one but reactivity where we're we're constantly responding to urgencies and constant reactivity often brings with it a sense of frustration and stress because we don't feel in control Here's a little uh, exercise for you just to contemplate for a moment. If you were to think of an average uh, week for you, maybe an average working week for you, uh, and if you were to plot your levels of proactivity and reactivity on the scales, where would you plot them? So if you feel you're as proactive as you are reactive, that might be 50-50. If you feel that you're running around a little bit too much, responding to events the whole time, maybe you're 70% reactive, 30% proactive. Now, of course, some jobs are designed to be more reactive than proactive. You know, if you're in customer service, you have to respond to the phone call or the person at the counter. Generally speaking, the more senior you are in an organization, the more uh, proactivity is required, you know, where you're thinking ahead, putting plans and initiatives into place. Usually when I'm working with groups who are looking to boost their levels of productivity or efficiency or from a personal level, just a sense of achievement or fulfillment, we're often looking at, at shifting that scales a little bit over a period of time where you can feel more proactive uh, in your activities, more on top of your game. So if you were to be able to turn that dial towards proactivity, maybe just five degrees over the next two or three months, what would that involve for you? You know, that's a useful question to ponder. I'm constantly on the outlook for new tips and insights when it comes to time management, organisational skills, personal productivity. And there's one I came across recently that I found exceptionally useful, and I want to share it with you here as part of this hour of power or hour of empower, where you're looking at getting that focus, that proactivity in place for maybe just one of one hour out of the entire day. And it's particularly good, this exercise, for chunking down bigger tasks, maybe when we're drifting into overwhelm. So, for example, I have two or three bigger initiatives coming up. One into the new year is uh, a redesign of my website. There's another one, which is a new product I'm looking to, to get out there. Um, it's either going to be a book or it's going to be some, um, uh, you know, multimedia type product. Um, and then, of course, there's my annual event, SOAR, which takes place in the Westbury Hotel on the 30th of January. And for any of those big projects, the first thing I do is I get a blank sheet of paper, usually an, an A4 piece of paper. And I just brainstorm and brain dump all of the different activities that are required to complete that task as much as I know from the outset. 
and I'll draw loads of different circles on the page and into those circles I will plot the different tasks. They mightn't be in any chronological order, it's really just a brain dump. So when I then look at the page and sometimes it stretches into more than one page, I can maybe link things together, you know, I can draw little lines between them um, or an extra circle around two or three smaller circles. And then I can begin to tackle them one at a time. So you know the way sometimes with tasks, the bigger ones, it's like, where do I start? Um, but maybe if you've broken down some of the tasks into something that is more bite size, you'll begin to get a sense of progress when you just cross out one of the little bubbles. Um, and that's something that I find has worked well for me. So particularly with the bigger tasks, you're chunking them down into smaller bite-sized pieces. So therefore, they're easy to swallow. They're more digestible. I have a few more questions to share with you to help focus the mind in this area. But let me take a quick moment to thank you again for tuning into this week's episode. I know I have got some loyal listeners out there who tune in every week, and I really appreciate your support. If this is your first time tuning in, let me remind you that I'm James Sweetman. Um, I have my own training and coaching business and I do group workshops. I speak at conferences. I work individually with people. And then, of course, there's all the podcasts and YouTube videos and the, the blogs and the articles that I write. A lot more information about me and various tip sheets and um, blog articles are available on my website, jamesweekman.com. So thanks again for tuning in. So with only a few weeks left until the end of 2019, I can't believe where the year has gone. Here's a few little questions to stir the mind. Um, they also help when I view these questions to identify some little quick wins, you know that phrase, um, so that I can be productive or focused for at least an hour out of every day. So first one, what are you committed to over the last few weeks of 2019? You know, what are you committed to achieving, completing, progressing, you know, or, or, or removing something from that long finger? What action can you take daily or frequently to progress with some of those commitments so that you can feel a sense of progress or, or get closer to um, completion? Here's a little challenge for you. One of the key skills, I think, when it comes to managing our own time is about trying to stay as proactive as possible. And I've spoken about that already. But one of the main mechanisms in the world of work at the minute that pulls us into reactivity, of course, is email. And here's a challenge for you. Can you, uh, when you're starting your working day, can you put 20 minutes, 30 minutes to one side to progress something that's a commitment to you before you even check emails? Now, I know for some people, the nature of their role is completely email driven. But for most of us, we're in scenarios where you know, something is not that urgent that I cannot park it for 20 or 30 minutes to progress something that's important to me. So I'm not sucked into reacting to other people's inquiries. And um, that's a little challenge that I invite you to set for yourself. And I know when I share that with groups, when I do time management and organizational skills workshops, there's usually many groans and people sort of think I couldn't do that. But if they give it a go, they'll often say afterwards, it's like they have found extra time and of course if you're doing that at the beginning of the day you're starting the day as you mean to go on so you're you're proactive for the first half an hour or maybe the full hour you're empowering yourself over that hour and then it sort of sets the tone for the day which is the complete opposite of some of those days when we come in and we look at emails and we sort of troll rise to heaven and we say it's going to be one of those days and you're usually right 
Yeah, so we're starting the days we mean to go on. Another uh, uh, question to ponder or, uh, or issue to ponder really is why wait until January to start exploring some medium and long-term goals? You know, why not give, give yourself a little bit of a head start? So with eight weeks, seven or eight weeks to go until the end of the year, think about some of the uh, achievements you would like to um, get have do or experience in 2020 you know start doing a little bit of pre-work for that of course come january there will be uh, there will be plenty on this podcast and across uh, different social media channels from me all about new year and new you and starting the years you mean to go on etc but why not let's get ahead of the game and start building uh, momentum already uh, one other useful question to contemplate when we're looking at enhanced levels of fulfillment or effectiveness is what's something I could do more of? What's one thing I could just do a little more of in the next few days? And maybe what's one thing I could do a little less of? They're often the handrails for progress as I see it. More of something, less of something else. I often think that when we say we have no time, what we really mean by that is we haven't given sufficient uh, time to contemplating our priorities. Clarity as regards your priorities always allows you to take a, the dozen things that you could be doing with your time and narrowing, down, narrowing them down into the one, two or maybe three things that are most important in the short term. Of course, sometimes we need reminders, um, particularly when we're trying to create a new habit or a routine. So think about that in relation to this hour of empower, whether it's starting the day or straddling lunchtime or, uh, you know, the last hour of the working day. Sometimes we need a little prompt. You know, think about it when we were young, someone had to remind us to brush our teeth at nighttime and then it became a little habit. So have a think about what's something that you could do to remind yourself to, to for, for this extra focused hour, as it were. I know for some people, they just get a post-it note and they put it somewhere and they, they maybe write up hour of empower on it. And something else that I find works for me occasionally is that if I'm trying something new, I might say it to someone who I know is supportive of me, you know, and I sort of get them to help hold me accountable to it. You know, have you done this today? You know, have you not checked emails today? Um, Marshall Goldsmith, the American executive coach, and if, you, if you've not come across his work, there's loads of free resources available on YouTube. He's gone a step further in that one of the people on his team phones him every morning and asks him six or seven questions, which are all to do with commitments that he has set for himself. And he's passed this on to his colleague, who then phones him to see if he's followed through on them. And sometimes we do need that external prompt to sort of help us and keep us focused. And sometimes as well, I often use the analogy of, you know, starting a new habit. It's a bit like getting a rocket into space. It's like habit is Earth's gravitational pull. You know, the effort goes into getting out of existing habits. And then after a while, you know, just like a rocket in space, it moves forward with momentum. Uh, one more reflection that just came to me recently, and it, it's something that is true and I sort of thought I'd forgotten it but I want to share it with you by way of closing this week. For me success is rarely about life-changing actions you know those big decisions it's rarely about that it's more to do with small steps that over time add up to something. Sometimes I would use the analogy of a big cruise ship changing direction you know, a few degrees one way or a few degrees the other over a period of time will have a big impact. 
Now, of course, there's always those days when life just gets in the way and circumstances make it impossible for us to follow through in our priorities. But I usually find that those days are the exception rather than the rule. Of course, if we're being harsh in this area, if we're looking at things like the bigger goals and the bigger dreams and our ultimate priorities and the stuff that we've left on the long finger, ultimately, I always think there's either results or there's excuses. You know, and many of us will spend a lot of time arguing for our limitations. Most of us, too, of course, overestimate what we can do in a short period of time. But we will dramatically underestimate what we can achieve over a longer time horizon of a few months or a few years. And of course, those small actions that we take daily over time, I found, do create, in many cases, spectacular results. So I hope you found this week's episode of Benefit. Uh, thank you for tuning in. There was that little challenge and those few questions in there, maybe to stir your thinking. And as ever, I'm James Sweetman. I really appreciate your support. And until next week.